If you're looking for a way to help birds or take your support to the next level, this May, I would love for you to join the Birds Canada Birdathon. It's easy to participate in and helps raise thousands of dollars for bird conservation. Learn more at birdscanada.org slash birdathon. Now let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Warblers Birds Canada podcast. I'm Andrea Gress. Join me and others as we travel on common flight paths with our guests, gaining insights and inspiration from the world of birds and bird conservation in Canada. Welcome, Warblers! Today we've got a mini-sode for you because we wanted you to know about something really big and exciting that's coming up in just a few days. COP15. This is the 15th time that the world is coming together to discuss the Convention on Biological Diversity. Now, these conventions are big deals. You've likely heard of COP26, which had a lot of hype last year. Around 200 countries agreed to a treaty aiming to keep global heating below the 1.5 degrees Celsius mark. COP26, and more recently, COP27, are United Nations climate change conferences. Recently with those conferences, there's been an increasing trend of thinking of climate change and biodiversity as a linked issue. COP15, the thing that's happening in a few days, is specifically focused on biodiversity. Of course, by biodiversity, that you know, healthy, diverse ecosystems that we're always talking about, that we love so much, that's one of the tickets to helping birds. We're building momentum on a global scale, and honestly, it's great to see. We really can't solve one without solving the other. COP15 is happening from December 7th to 19th in Montreal, and the president and CEO of Birds Canada, Patrick Nadeau, is going to be attending. So we've got him here today to tell us all about it, why we should be excited, what it means for birds. Welcome, Patrick. Hello, Andrea. It's so good to finally have you on. I have to say, I've been secretly hoping for this Warbler's invite for a long time. So thanks for allowing <laughs> me to live the dream. I understand that this, uh, this conference coming up is kind of a big deal to have it here in Canada. Why should we be all jazzed up about this? It is a big deal. You're right. It's a critical moment for our planet. We're experiencing a biodiversity collapse right now on a planetary scale. We're in the middle of the sixth global extinction event. We've lost three billion birds in North America since 1970, right? So these are all really worrying trends. But the thing is, the world is coming together at COP15 to try to do something about that, right? So there's all the reasons to be jazzed up about this. It's interesting that this conference is happening in Quebec because one thing Quebec does really well is mobilize its civil society. Absolutely. You know, I still, when I think back to, you know, 2018, there was a huge climate march in Montreal. I mean, I just get goosebumps still. 500,000 people in the streets of Montreal, including Greta Thunberg. What, what do these conferences look like? Is it just a bunch of bureaucratic discussions or, you know, like what, what goes on there? In addition to the discussions, the bureaucratic dis discussions that are going on, inside the conference, there's a whole parallel program happening. All that is to remind folks on the inside what this is all about. If I look at some of the proposed targets that are on the table right now, just to pick one example, we're talking about potentially having the world agree to protecting 30% of the land and of the sea by 2030. Now that's huge. Domestically, Canada's already committed to this 30 by 30 target. And we actually congratulated the Canadian government for doing that because it's quite ambitious. But now we're talking about potentially having the whole world agree to this target. 
the fact that it's happening in Canada makes it a doubly, doubly big deal. I mean, for one, there's going to be a spotlight on, on Canada, the country, you know, to defend its own biodiversity track record and, and to really show global leadership in terms of pushing this agreement forward. And I think, you know, certainly the Canadian groups, because it's on home turf, I mean, will be there in full force. I mean, Birds Canada is sending a whole contingent and I myself look forward to being uh, in Montreal starting in a few days. By the time all these decision makers come together, there's been several years worth of discussions at this point. So there's already kind of a draft text that exists. And what we're trying to get out of this is what we're calling the global biodiversity framework. So basically, a global deal on what we should do about biodiversity. I heard a rumor that there might be a parade as well. <laughs> you heard correctly. <laughs> I'm a big fan of parades. Look out for me in that parade, hopefully wearing some kind of a bird costume. That's awesome. So our listeners in Quebec, in Montreal, get out December 10th, check out that parade, get involved, be part of the discussion. It sounds like a lot of fun. It will be. What are the big, big changes that we hope to see with this conference? I am actually cautiously optimistic. I know some of these big global conferences have a lot of people skeptical, right? But mm -hmm. like, I personally firmly believe that the Convention on Biological Diversity matters and can be hugely impactful. Like, here's to me, this is like the example. Like, if I look at Canada's protected areas, both land-based and, and marine-based, just in these past few years, like less than a decade, we've increase those protected areas across the country by leaps and bounds. Not that long ago, 1% of our marine area was protected, and now we're up to like 14%. Why did that happen? It happened because Canada is racing to actually meet its international targets under the CBD, under the Convention for Biological Diversity. These international targets that get developed and discussed at a meeting like Montreal after it's all said and done, the countries actually have to do something about it, right? And we mm -hmm. see that on the ground. So, like, I think if we can get to a deal in Montreal, and, you know, by the way, that's not a foregone conclusion, right? Like, the great thing is that we can have a global deal that moves things forward. The complicated thing is that you need to get everyone to agree on mm -hmm. a global scale, right? So, it's not a foregone conclusion. But if it does happen, we're talking about things like phasing out some pesticides like neonicotinoids, like financial incentives for biodiverse production systems, like indigenous led conservation, like these could all be game changers if we can get these parties to agree on an ambitious framework. And you've mentioned the, you know, 30% of land protected by 2030. Does that tie into our, our KBA program a little bit our key biodiversity area program? It totally does. Birds Canada has played a leading role along with other organizations to develop that program in Canada. And essentially what they are, and I would invite all listeners to go back and listen to the excellent episode you did not that long ago on <laughs> KBAs. These are basically our crown jewels for biodiversity. And we're mapping them out across Canada right now. Like what are these places that are like of utmost importance to biodiversity, right? And so, you know, you can actually see those maps if you go to kbacanada.org. And I like to think of them as kind of the cheat sheet. If you're Canada and now you have this target of protecting 30% by 3030, whether those are protected areas or other effective conservation measures, here's your cheat sheet. We're telling you where the most mm -hmm. important areas are for biodiversity. They are a hugely important tool and they've been actually a critically important part of these, these international negotiations. KBAs are actually on the table in these discussions. Canada is playing a leading role there. And so, you know, let's toot our own horn when we can. Like, we are actually ahead of the curve here on KBA. So 
we'll we'll take the good news where we can get it. You know, a lot of our listeners and, and folks who follow Birds Canada are already involved in the KBA program, whether they know it or not, you know, by being involved in IBA programs in the past and helping with citizen science there, you're already a part of it, folks. Keep doing what you're doing and get involved. That's, that's a big thing. Is there other ways for listeners to, to get involved? Yeah, there totally is. And I think it's important to say that the conference itself, COP15, happens over about a two-week period. We don't know yet how it's all going to end. One thing is for sure, deal or no deal at the end of this, Canada still needs its own plan to get us to 2030. It needs the strongest possible biodiversity plan. So we're already pushing for that. But even when the conference is said and done, we're going to keep pushing because now it's that this is the international discussion. Now Canada needs its own plan domestically. So what can people do about that? Well, obviously, like talk to your MP, talk to Canada's environment minister, Gidbo, and they need to hear from the citizens that we value biodiversity. So that's like hugely important. And as you said, Andrea, like many of our listeners are already involved in many ways. So I think, you know, through so many volunteering programs, do bird surveys, help us identify where those key biodiversity areas are. Do Project Feeder Watch. We just started. Mm -hmm. My feeder's up. (laughs) All that data that we're collecting helps us identify what these important areas are for biodiversity. So for sure, volunteer. And of course, look at our website, birdscanada.org, for many steps that folks can take to help birds and biodiversity. I'm going to look for your face in that parade. And just also, I'm excited to hear what, what really tangible big things come out of this conference. I'm excited too, and I'm for sure going to take some some pictures, and I would invite everyone to come say hi in Montreal. It's going to be a lot of fun, but also a really important time for our planet. So see you there. The Warblers is produced by Jody Allaire, Ruth Friendship Keller, Kate Dogleish, and Andrea Gress. This episode was edited by Greg McLaughlin and engineered by Katie Zhang, with music by Jose Mora and art by Alex Nichol. Until next time, keep birding. <laughs>